Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Live Accessible podcast. In today's episode, we answer the question, do blind people use Android? And I was joined for this live stream by the hosts of the Blind Android Users podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to their podcast and for the Live Accessible social media and Amazon store. This live stream was first aired on May 8th. 2021 on the Live Accessible YouTube channel. And without further ado, here is today's episode. Hi everyone, it's Carrie from Live Accessible and welcome, welcome to this live stream. And it would be awesome if you guys could join the conversation in the live chat. I get a lot of questions during the live chat and in comments and afterwards about how you can access the live chat and so if you are a low vision user if you're on the phone you can actually uh access the live chat it's right under the video and um there is youtube automatically puts it in top chat but if you change it to live chat there's a little sort button there um you will be able to see all the live chats that everybody has sent and um, from there, you can. There's a little edit box at the very bottom, where you can type up your messages, so we can see them, and you can put your questions in there as well. And if you are a screen reader user, uh, you can do the same thing. It should pop up automatically, whether you're using Android or iOS, and the edit field is going to be right at the very bottom. Um, and if you're on desktop too. For low vision users, it's directly to the right of the video. And if you are using a screen reader like NVDA or JAWS, you should be able to um, go to the next edit field and it should say something like say something. And that is the live chat area. And anyway, today we are going to talk about Android. And today I'm joined by the hosts of the Blind Android Users podcast to talk all things Android. Um, especially in the US, most blind people gravitate to iPhone because that's what they're familiar with and that's what people really recommend. But there's so many people in United States and all around the world that you know actually use Android. So we're going to talk about why? Why do we use Android and share a, a little bit about our Android journeys and what's so good about Android, but also what's not so good about Android and what do we wish could be improved on Android? Um, but first, let's introduce the hosts of the Blind Android Users podcast and Warren. Why don't you start off and talk about um, who you are and what you guys do? Thank you so much, Kerry. I'm Warren from the state of Washington, and I'm here with my boys from the Blind Android Users Podcast. And I'm sorry we got a couple of girls on our show that are not here today, or else the balance could almost be there, three three girls and four boys. But <laughs> So we got four boys here, <laughs> and my members are Austin from Mumbai, hiding somewhere from the uh, Taj Mahal in the Austin. Hello to all our viewers and listeners of Leave Accessible. This is Austin Pinto from Mumbai. And thank you to Carrie for inviting all of us. And hiding in the foggy London, Ed. Hi, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. 
standing high on that Eiffel Tower. Hi, Yannick Plus here. Yannick? Hi, everyone. I'm not quite on uh, the top of the Eiffel Tower, but <laughs> very close. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kerry. So that's our crew, and uh, we're glad to be here on Live Accessible, and it's a great show. I've been watching you for quite a while, and so thankful that we are actually talking live on your show. Well, thanks so much, Warren, for those introductions, and for everybody watching in the description after this live stream, you guys can check out the Blind Android Users podcast. Um, it's just blindandroidusers.com. Is that correct? That is right. But the That's link right. is down in the description. And the YouTube channel that they also post their podcast on is also available there. And um, you guys are pretty much on every podcast platform. Or could you share uh, where people could listen to your podcast? Austin, you want to take that away? You are the master of this kind of thing, you know? <laughs> we, we are on every pla podcast platform available. You can also listen to us on smart speakers. On If you have a Victor reader device that is capable of connecting to internet, you can listen to us using that also. So we, can, we are available everywhere. Yeah, one of the podcast platforms did chuck a bunch of money at us to go exclusive, but we're more democratic and universal than that, so we turned it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um and so what what exactly do you guys cover on the your podcast? Specifically. We have a range of features really. We we we've tried to put some structure around the podcast so that people can find uh, different bits they might be interested in. So, so we have a section uh, where we try and cover off topics that people might want to familiarize themselves with if they've just moved around Android. We call that Android Basics. So in that so far, we've looked at things like the Play Store. We've looked at the home screen, how you manipulate things on Android. We've looked at settings, a whole bunch of stuff, really. Cameras. This week's it was this week it was browsers and web views. We then go a little bit in depth normally with an in focus section. That might be a demo, it might be an interview with an app developer, it might be a review of a device. Uh, this weekend, uh, one of our regular contributors will be unboxing a, a Samsung um, S21 Ultra. We, we have an app of the week section uh, where, again, you know, that, 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 that's obviously app focused. We like to understand how people got into Android. And you talked about Android stories. We have a segment about that. And we've also got uh, um, an occasional series where, well, two occasional series, really, where, where, we, where we get into the, the, the depth of Android and how you might do more technical things like roaming or routing a device, which Austin leads. And then Mariam, who's not here today, she's been doing a series series on the um, the second Android screen reader commentary. So, so we try and have different different things for different folks. Um, you mentioned the YouTube channel uh, there, and Austin diligently chops up those segments so that um, uh, people can find what they want. You know, we're, we're chapter supported anyway, but uh, that those segments exist for those people who want to consume the content on YouTube. Yes, that, I that's think... A, oh. That's a beautiful summary of our podcast and I couldn't have put it better the way Ed, uh, Ed did. 
I, I and almost people, call him my son. <laughs> and, if, and if people don't want to listen to long episodes, they can just listen to short uh, clips of each episode. And there are made organized nicely in playlists, which I've done. And it's good to, very easy to chop these episodes up. So that's awesome. I think, Austin, you're doing great work with that since maybe people are just looking for specific information or they want to follow a certain um, series that you guys do, like the Android Basics. You know, it's good that they start with that and, you know, they could listen to the whole podcast too, but they also can go back and listen to specific parts when they need to just sit down with their actual phone and go through it. So I think that's awesome. So let's start with Warren. Um, why do you use an Android phone? Oh, that's a very good story, uh, Carrie. <laughs> I guess I am the Android evangelist. And being an evangelist, I have to definitely use the Android device. And oh, that's joking apart, though, I actually got into Android back in 2010 or 2011, I should say. And... At the time, I didn't quite like it because there were things that were not accessible. Actually, a lot wasn't accessible. I almost threw that LG Optimus out the window. That was what I had. And um, then, you know, later on that year, I got something called the Motorola Razr Max, M-A-X-X. And that kind of changed my world because that came with gingerbread. And then shortly, it got updated to ice cream and... Ever since then, I dumped off my Fruitvale device. That's my iOS iPad, which I had at the time, the very first iOS um, uh, iPad. And I had. Before you continue, and, Warren, um, yeah. give us a little bit of an idea of when this started. How many years ago was that? This was back in 2011. Okay. Now, prior to that, I was using the iPad. That was my first dipping of my toes mm. into the iOS. Okay. Uh, the one I, I gladly call the Fruitvale. And uh, so I, I've i been hearing about Android for quite a while, and I thought I would give it a try. And so I went out and got that LG Optimist. I actually thought it was going to be a great experience. It turned out not to be because I just could not access anything at all. It was so inaccessible until I learned about something called the ice-free shell. And that kind of sort of helped things a little bit, but when I moved on to that Razer Max, later on that summer of 2011, then it was like day and night. Gingerbread was a lot better than the Froyo that my LG Optimus was running on. And then that summer or toward the fall, it was updated to the um, ice cream sandwich. And that changed the whole perspective. And now from that moment on, I was stuck on Android. You couldn't pay me enough to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Austin? What was a little bit about your Android journey? So the first, the reason for me using Android is because actually like India is like a developing country almost. So iPhones are expensive here and the variations of hardware that we get here is enormous. We can get phones from as low as $100 Yes, you don't get top-of-the-line sex with them, but you get a pretty decent phone which people can start using Android with. So that is why I use Android, and it's customizable. So my Android journey started uh, from 2009 or 2010. My first phone was a Galaxy Duo, and 
and uh, the model number was GTB5512. And that is the first phone I heartbreaked while flashing a ROM. So that phone had Android 2.3.6. And then from there, I straight away went to Moto G2. I used it a little bit. Then I went to Spice Dream Phone. It was called the Spice Dream Uno. It's, it was an Android One phone, and it came out with 4.4, and I think it got updated to 6. Then I went to Asus Zenfone M1 Pro, which came out with 7 or 8. Then I got the OnePlus 60, and then I got the OnePlus Nord. And now I'm stuck with OnePlus because I like the device, but now I'm a little fed up with them because they are offering very limited 5G bands. So that is a reason. That is my Android journey. Hmm. Okay, what about you, Ed? Um, so I, I switched full-time to Android relatively late last year. Um, since 2010, I'd been using uh, iOS predominantly. I think I had every phone from the 3GS to the 10, aside from um, the 4, the 6S, and the 8. So I, I, I tended to upgrade quite a lot. I tried Android off and on in that period. My first Android phone was the Google Nexus 4. Um, I didn't get on particularly well with the angular gestures. Either I was inept or the screens weren't particularly forgiving at the time. Mm-hmm. I then got a Sony Xperia um, XZ1 Compact in 2017, which I really liked. Um, but for some reason, I didn't put in the miles to make it my full-time phone. So I kind of stuck with iPhones. Then last year... We have got 5G, albeit patchily, here in London. Apple didn't have a 5G phone, and I figured that even if they did, I wouldn't want to pay the price they would want for it. So I got a Samsung mm-hmm. Galaxy A95 G. I then unfortunately smashed its screen um, on a bollard oh, no. being put in place uh, to stop uh, trucks ramming pedestrian crossings in terrorist attacks. Um, I hadn't been into work for a while, so it had all been newly reconfigured. So that phone died, even though it had a screen protector. Unlike Austin, I've now switched to OnePlus. I have a OnePlus 8, but I've been using Android mm. full-time for 15 or 16 months now. And, and you, Yannick? Um, what was your journey like? Okay, yeah. Uh, what uh, I did, I start my Android journey with, I think it was a Galaxy Nexus, if I'm correct. Uh, so uh, it was already a Pixel um, Nexus-like device on Android 4.0 then 4.1 and then I tend to follow the mood with uh, new devices. Um, I tried Samsung devices for quite a while, Galaxy S6, uh, S8, uh, S9, and then at some point I get back to uh, to uh, Pixel devices quite recently, actually, with a Pixel 4a, which is my daily driver, actually, right now, and... Uh, and uh, well, that's pretty much about it regarding my journey, I think. Okay, and I, I want to, before I share a little bit about my Android journey, um, I want to know, are you all mostly screen reader users? Do you guys have um, any site or do you guys ever use um, the magnif- magnification or do you, are you just screen reader users? Warren? I'm primarily uh, a screen reader user. I do have a little bit of sight to where I can see, but I cannot read 
um, however I can see the print and all of that so it's useless to me um, however though I try to practice some of those uh, magnification gestures and I really like what I see in Android 12 uh, the Android 12 preview that I have and I think that's those who are um, blind or you know have some sight and would like to use that feature I really like that because one could manufacture just uh, manufacture magnify just the part that they want to magnify and I like that implementation as to the previous uh, versions of Android that we had and so I don't use magnification but just primarily an Android um, screen reader user talk back okay in, in this case. Oh, I'm a screen reader user exclusively. I have no light perception. Okay, and um, Austin? Uh, I don't know what happened to Austin. What, what yeah, about I'm also a screen reader user, but I don't have, uh, and I have some light perception. I mean, a lot of it. I can differentiate between light and darkness, but I don't use magnification. Okay, and Yannick? Same as uh, Warren as Austin, I would say. So uh, very okay. few light perception and 100% screen user, screen reader user. Yes, I wanted to kind of point that out and emphasize that because a lot of people um, that I have come across, um, when they think about a totally blind or somebody who's reliant on a screen reader, they automatically think that. They, a person has to use an iPhone or an iOS device. And so I, it's, it's a way to show that um, there's four people right here and there's definitely a lot more out there, um, both in the US and again, around the world that are totally blind or just screen rele reader reliant that use Android as their daily driver. And um, for me, as a low vision user, I am much more comfortable with Android. Um, I have made a couple of videos. Um, I haven't gone super in depth with that and I hope to do that in another video. But um, for me and my Android journey, like a short version of it is, first of all, I didn't even want a smartphone. I really didn't want to even go that route. I said, I was thinking, um, I, I just need a phone to make phone calls. I just need a phone to make messages. Why Why on earth would I want or even think about getting a smartphone? Which is funny because I love technology, but I guess it's just part of my personality that if everybody's starting to go in one direction, I'm like, I want to go in the opposite direction. <laughs> um, but my dad, um, he got an iPhone and he would show me his iPhone and my mom, she got an iPhone and my mom is definitely not technology savvy and even my sister who <laughs> is like she she doesn't even know how to use her phone half the time but she got an iphone and she was showing me oh you can tr you can double tap with three fingers and magnify and i'm like huh how is it that my sister has a smartphone <laughs> and i don't and maybe i should reconsider this whole thing and um, before that, we actually had a tablet, an Android tablet that was free. Um, it was one of the one. It had a SIM card and it was free. But the thing is that it had um, four uh, Android 4.2, not Android 4.2.2, but Android 4.2. Um, it started out with 4.1 and 
that did not have the Android magnification yet. So I wanted to throw that tablet out the window <laughs> because I could not see it. And even if you put the font large enough, you know, it, it, it just didn't cut it for me. And I was thinking about an iPhone, but the screens were so small. Yeah. So small. Uh, as a low vision user, I'm like, okay, I have three fingers that I have to use to move around. And then the screen is super small. And this is like on the iPhone 4. Um, and then there were these Android devices that had much bigger screens. It was like back then, if you had a five inch screen, it was big, you know? Oh, yeah. That was humongous. <laughs> exactly. And so I actually did a lot of research and all this stuff. Um, and I ended up with a Samsung Galaxy S4 um, after watching a lot of YouTube. <laughs> and since then, I went so hardcore with like Android and it actually did have um, Jelly Bean 4.2.2 and up. And so I was able to use the magnification gestures. And I'm like, look, I'm just using one finger and I can, you know, move around the screen. This is so cool. <laughs> and I would show yeah. all my the people in my family or people who had iPhones. Oh, you have to use three fingers, but I only had to use one. Um, and so all those reasons. And um, then I, I, got a Samsung Note 4 and I was actually really invested in Samsung at the time um, but then as I kind of learned more about Android and watched more videos and learned more about technology and Android in general I actually gravitated to the Pixel devices um, and now I I had um, my husband had the Pixel first generation, I had a Pixel 2 XL, and now I have a Pixel 4a 5G. And I actually really prefer how um, I think it's more efficient. It's more smooth. It doesn't have any extra things. And yeah, you kind of lose out on some features, which are kind of cool with Samsung and other manufacturers. But at the same time, I find it to be a more smooth experience, um, at least in, in my experience. And the thing is that everybody's going to be different. Everybody's um, going to need different things or want different things and expect different things. So th that's one thing that's great about Android, that you can choose what you want. And um, another thing is like for me, as I, have um, grown with Android, the more I end up using a screen reader, uh, even as a low vision person, even if I can magnify something, I, I do find that, you know, either my eyes get tired or I'm just tired of reading uh, or like the light is just too bright or even if it's outside and the sun is just glaring, I cannot see my phone. And so I ended up turning on TalkBack and like my experience with Samsung and TalkBack was which is our voice assistant, I was just not happy with it. So that's how I ended up with um, Pixel device. And um, I do want to like talk a little bit about the fact that not all Android phones are created equal. Can you, um, why don't you share your a little bit of your thoughts on that, Warren? You know, um, 
Indeed, not all Android devices are created equal. And, you know, people say, hey, you know, there's so much fragmentation in Android land. But, you know, I've always argued that the fragmentation actually is the strength of Android. You take away that fragmentation and Android is no good. Um, because I, I'm thinking of the iOS, the one I call the fruit veil. For instance, what you see is what you get. And to be honest with you, if I were in that world, I'll be bored to death. Because if I don't like how it looks, there's nothing I can do about it. But on Android, if you don't like the Samsung, like you turn away from Samsung to the Pixel carry, once upon a time, my favorite, I was a staunch believer in Samsung devices. And you talked about the Galaxy S4. It was my favorite Android device, one of my very favorite. And I used that thing for a couple of years. And I tell you, I defended Samsung to the core. But then, of course, you know, in Android, you have different manufacturers. We probably have hundreds, literally hundreds of Android manufacturers. And so if you don't like what Sony is doing or if you don't like what Google is doing or Samsung is doing or some other manufacturers doing, you could go check another different manufacturer. And that's why I like about Android. Um, Google doesn't have the SD card. And if you're a diehard SD card, you probably want to go with something like Sony devices because Sony has the uh, SD card or you may want to go with Nokia, for example. And if you don't like um, the Google phone, for example, but you like what Samsung is doing, you can go with Samsung. And if you like... Uh, you don't like what Samsung is doing yet in the same breath. You want something that looks like Google, but in the same breath, you still want an SD card. Then you go to something like Nokia or that's Sony I, I just talked about. So that's why I like Android because they are not built the same. And then each one try to put their own uh, little spin on Android. And so it comes with different flavors like Samsung may have extra accessibility uh, things into it that you wouldn't find elsewhere besides someone like LG. I think, so, I think in, hardware, in hardware terms as well, uh, picking an Android device is much more conceptually similar to picking a Windows device, right? So spec, specs are important. If you buy a, an Intel Celeron i3 with two gigs of RAM and no storage space to speak of, JAWS isn't going to do very well. It's going to be very slow. If you pick an Android device with a gig or two of RAM, um, software, that this is where we do diverge, so the, the comparison is only really relevant from hardware, but, it, but if you buy a, a low-spec hardware uh, Android device, talkback's not going to do very well either. Uh, Samsung phones, you're right, Kerry, uh, prior to Android 11, talkback didn't come installed, it was voice assistant, although you could, you could put it on from the Play Store, so oh, no. because of the fragmentation in hardware, um, it, it is more conceptually similar, I think, to buying a PC than, you know, iOS. There's a, you know, there's a minimum standard of iPhone that will mean all of Apple things run. It's the same with a Mac. Um, but and Android, there isn't, as Austin said, you know, that there are, there are uh, low budget options for people who need those. You see, I think that the fragmentation is something that can be both good and bad at the same time. Yes, you have more choice in the Android market. There's um, price, there's hardware, there's software to consider. But at the same time, I think that there are a lot of people out there that don't want to think about that. Like, I, I don't know what hardware is good. I don't know what software is good. I don't know, uh, you know, all the, all the different specs that... Um, 
I think that probably all of us care about or value and even think about. Um, some people just want to just want to have a phone and just want all the answers given to them. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And so with with Apple devices, you kind of have that threshold of, okay, it's everything's going to be pretty much the same thing you just have a, a lot fewer choices and i think that kind of boils down to the type of person you are and what you expect your phone to do or what you want your phone for and i think that's like one of the big differences between android and iphone users a lot of iphone users they say just say okay i just want it to work i don't want to have to customize it i don't want to have to change things i don't want to have to think about that so i think that that it's it's a lot to do with the person and not just about the operating system too well that is true uh carrie however that notion of I just want it to work. You know, those were those days back in those days that, you know, people would like to think of Android as something that needs a lot of customization or I need to uh, have a lot of third party. Uh, we have progressed a lot and it's not the same like it was years ago. And so most Android devices, taking them out of the box will just work the way that they are intended for. But like you said, the fragmentation, uh, people could see it as a problem because you don't know if I'm getting something that's going to work for me or not. And so it, making, uh, it makes the buying process become such a little bit of a research. And that's why uh, places like blind Android users comes into play, our mailing list comes into play, so people could ask questions before they jump on an Android device. And yet, in the same breath, we could recommend based on the budget, and that's what is good for Android. And I think as well that wanting it to work depends a little bit where you've come from. So let, let, <laughs> let's say there are people who's uh, just dipping their toe in the smartphone market now, let's say they managed to somehow hang on to a Series, series 60 or Series 80 Symbian phone uh, for this long. I don't know if that's even possible, but but let's say they did. Uh, yeah. And they, <laughs> they switched to Yeah, and they switched to Android now. They will think it works, you know, because they won't have any preconceptions about what a touchscreen smartphone can do in all likelihood. If someone switches from iOS to Android now, what they might mean by wanting Android to work is wanting Android to work a bit like my iPhone works, uh, which, obviously, which obviously does take some customization, doesn't it? Like when I got mine, I'm like, there's nothing on my home screen. And if there is, it's nothing I want. Where am I? Yeah. Where, where are all my apps? I need to, I need to spend some time. Um, and that's what making it work really meant, wasn't it? Making it work like the thing I used to have used to work, like installing whatever that Windows Classic shell is on Windows 10. You know, it's like, so... So, so I think I think it depends where you come from, the extent to which Android does or does not need customizing particularly. Well, that is true, Ed. And because, you know, you're coming from Symbian, you probably are going to have difficulty with the touchscreen device. And, you know, you're still covered in Android because there are phones okay. out there that behave like a Symbian device. What, what is a Symbian device? Nokia. Uh, there you go, The Kerry. old, old Nokia phones. <laughs> so back in, the, back in the day, Kerry, you are just a youngin here. Um, <laughs> back in the day, however, you know, we have this thing called a Symbian phone from Nokia. And the OS is called Symbian. And so what, 
what it was is that you have to buy an additional screen reader called Tox, or you could buy something from Code Factory, uh, Code Factory called uh, what was it? Mobile Speak. Mobile Speak. Yeah. yeah. Or mobile yeah. accessibility and, at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Mobile Speak, and then mobile accessibility was for Android. And so with the Mobile Speak, it works on the Symbian or the Tox, and you install that. That thing is like it was like three hundred dollars. So just imagine you're buying it. A Nokia phone for eight hundred dollars or whatever, and then you tag on another three hundred dollars. It just got so pricey, and so um, blind people were had no choice but how to do that if you want an accessible phone. So that was something that we we had going for us, and now um, there are still people using that, and people who want something that has those keys. And we have some phones like that on Android that would give them that same experience like they had on the Nokia Symbian phone. Oh, Poppy, could you stop that thing? Oh. Uh, maybe I'm the so Poppy, uh, Poppy wants to be part of the podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hello? So remembering the Symbian phone, I remember the Nokia 6600. That phone was made like a tank. You can drop it or do whatever you want and nothing will happen to it. Yeah, I had yeah. several. Of but that sort of environment, you, you've got no, yeah, you have no conception about what a touchscreen environment should or shouldn't be like. So mm -hmm. you're not, you know, when people switch, it doesn't matter which way, you know, Android to iOS, iOS to Android. They, they have certain preconceptions about what that previous device used to do, and more importantly, the way it used to do it. So people get frustrated with the switch from either perspective. Whereas, you know. Actually, Android, as Warren said, does work if you if you take it out of the box and don't have any particular preconceptions about what it should do. I think that it definitely Android does work, um, but honestly, um, I, I, I I'm going to be honest. I'm thinking about getting both. Um, well, I have an Android phone now, but I do want to have an iPhone as well, and just kind of be part of both worlds because I, I honestly think that Android is great. I love Android and that's always, well, probably always going to be my daily driver because of a lot of different, um, different reasons. Uh, one, especially being that I can do more things that I want to do on Android because it's more open um, and I can definitely customize it more to my liking but i do find that you know voiceover i think is just a much more mature screen reader option um i mean talkback is definitely catching up and um like especially in talkback what, what is the latest talkback now is it nine um 9.1 yeah 9.1 um and it's just now that they're coming with multi-finger gestures. I mean, that's just one of the things. And I've been wanting those things since the beginning. And yeah, it's really cool that like TalkBack has voice commands now too. And it has all these things that are coming out. But a lot of them, VoiceOver has had for quite a while. And VoiceOver also has... Um, Screen recognition, love it, hate it, uh, you keep it off. A lot of people I know keep it off. Sometimes they go back and forth. But there is just um, some more things you can do with voiceover. And I think that a lot of the time, people who want to use Android, it isn't just 
because of accessibility. It's because we like the platform of Android. We like the operating system of Android. Yeah, Carrie, you know, it's uh, interesting you talked about, you know, the customization. And then, of course, you talked about uh, voiceover versus um, the talk back. Of course, we it's been years now that we've been wanting uh, a lot of blind people have been wanting the uh, multi-finger support gestures. And it's nice to see that we're finally getting those in Android. And yet in the same breath, it's not on every phone. Um, and mm-hmm. that would be a little bit of a drawback. However, I am optimistic this is going to be trickling down to just about most devices there, but it has to be an Android 11 uh, supported device. But yes. right now, at the moment, this three-finger support or multi-finger support, four-finger, whatever you want to call it, is only for uh, Pixel devices, especially from Pixel 3. Pixel 3 up and then on Samsung devices that have uh, Samsung UI 3 or 3.0. So uh, it's very limited at the time for the time being. However, uh, it's going to be something that comes to just about every phone running Android 11. And then we will close the gap there and give people what they want. Yes. I And I think that, you know, Google is working toward that and um i we never know maybe in the future all the iphone users will say oh well maybe they will even consider moving but i think too it's where people are invested where they started like if they started an iphone and now they have itunes they have apple music they have like their whole family on iMessages, and That's they have like, like a, 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 a the, what, what do you call the speaker the apple one uh, i don't even know they have I like know, a macbook the home pod <laughs> exactly yeah. the home pod I there you go and i think Actually, that... go ahead Okay, I, I was going to say where you are, where you are invested. I mean, a, a few things help. Um, Apple Music does actually exist on Android, oddly, because um, not all Apple apps do. So, um, iTunes Movies doesn't, but there are things you can do about that. I, th- I think where you have a subscription service, because you're right, that that investment thing's a problem. Where, where you've got a subscription service, it's relatively mm-hmm. easy because you just download the Android app. What I what I would say as a tip though is if you've paid for an app on the ios side as an and it exists on android if you do switch just drop the app developer an email maybe they'll help you out maybe they won't i've had a few where they sent me redemption codes for the value Mm. of the android app because they knew i'd bought it on ios i think as well with voiceover now i don't know whose fault this is whether it's apple's or the third-party developers but there's one thing about what the screen reader can do. What we really care with, though about is how it interacts with other apps. I don't know how many Facebook posts I've read about, oh, voiceover's broken with Facebook again. Um, I used to post them when I had an Apple device. In the 15 months, I've had an Android phone. Facebook has broken TalkBack once and fixed it pretty quickly. Um, now, as I say, whether that's Apple's or Facebook's fault, I don't know. So, so there's one thing about a feature set. Another thing is how stable is that feature set? I think that that goes both ways, honestly, because there are some apps that aren't available on Android. And yes, there are alternatives, but there's apps that are available on Apple only. And yeah. also, I mean, there are going to be bugs and problems on each app. And I think that that kind of type of thing with Facebook happens 
on both sides. And honestly, I, I don't really know that it's happens more on one or the other with, with voiceover um, on facebook it certainly does with, with well talk, I, mean, I don't know facebook but, on yeah. on talk like but I, I i'm going to push back a little bit on this because uh you know pablo has an <laughs> iphone that, okay <laughs> pablo has an iphone and on facebook when you're using an iPhone, it's so much easier to just swipe one time than on TalkBack, where you have to swipe multiple times to go through different posts. And and that's kind of why a lot of the time I use my computer, because I, I just use um, JAWS or NVDA, and I just go through, you know, JK, and use the keyboard commands to go through Facebook that way, because, like, using my Android, it can be frustrating to have to swipe so many times. And that doesn't happen with every app. Um, and I think that they're starting to improve that a little bit with some of the apps, um, I think. But I mean, especially also on YouTube. <laughs> when you're on an iPhone, you just swipe and it goes to the next post and you can press go uh, swipe up and down to, to do certain actions. Whereas on Android, you have to swipe through every single element, which can be good and bad. Uh, definitely annoying when you're scrolling through it, but if, it's a lot easier to find like a specific action if you want to. So it, it's kind of, I don't know. <laughs> it, well, Carrie, uh, you, you could though. Um, I want to kind of speak a little bit about you know your little pushback, which is understandable. But here's the other side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is the fact that if something is broken, TalkBack is not behaving well, the developer of the TalkBack screen reader will fix it as to iOS. However, you have to wait till another cycle of an OS update. So actually, I think that those of us on Android are more blessed because when you find issues that are not working for you, then TalkBack will, uh, developers will jump in and see that that thing gets fixed. So I well, think I want to take the other side. I mean, I think that it's great. First of all, that Google support is on Be My Eyes and you can talk to them and they can use the camera um, like with the support and they can see what's happening on your device. Um, I do wish Be My Eyes had a screen sharing option, but but anyway, that's, that's about Be My Eyes. <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's great that that's there and I, I don't know why apple doesn't jump on board with that but probably because you know they want to do their own thing um and i mean don't get me wrong um warren i i love android and i i'm like i said i'm gonna stick with it but i mean i can recognize that there's just some things that are better on either platform and you just it it, it just i think depends on what you're looking for again and what you want in in the phone um, so also, um, I think that with, with TalkBack, yes, it's a separate app and the developers can, um, update it on their end just through the Play Store, um, instead of having to wait for a complete, um, operating system update. But at the same time, <laughs> there are things that take really long on both sides, Apple and Android, to just get fixed. 
um and and that can be frustrating like whatever operating system you use that is true uh, you know that is absolutely true however you know uh, ed was given an example of the uh, facebook app now if something was gonna miss with uh, facebook and if it's ca coming from talkback then that is reported to the talkback group and they'll have a fix for that see that's what i'm talking about so I think that it's nice to have that uh, capability of fixing things uh, independently on the screen reader uh, versus waiting for an OS system update that will fix that issue. Yes, I'm still I, I'm still waiting for them to fix the Gboard <laughs> dictation. Uh, what is it you don't like about Gboard? Let's um, talk no, about Gboard. Well, okay. Um, I mean, I've reported this, and I think we talked about this on Telegram, too, about how w when you use dictation um, with TalkBack, you can activate it, but it's you'll either have to wait for it to automatically stop, or and the stop dictation button is not labeled. At least, I don't know, I, I'm using a Pixel 4a 5G. I don't know why it isn't labeled on my end, but... Also, sometimes it types what TalkBack is writing, and it's not supposed to do that, but it does. <laughs> okay, Carrie, so I, I see what you're talking about now. It used to be, and it's mm -hmm. Google. Google breaks its own things, and I'm sorry to say that coming from the evangelist himself. <laughs> now, Google breaks its own things, and... This has to be one of those because once upon a time, once you start dictation and you're going along dictating, uh, dictating something and you want to stop that dictation, all you needed to do was just to double tap anywhere and that will stop that dictation. But for some reason, someone thought we had it too good, went out and broke that thing that works so beautifully. Now, in the same breath, if you're getting talkback or if you're getting um, the dicta dictation picking up what talkback is saying, then definitely you need to retrain your um, assistant because that should not happen at all. And uh, if you want, while we're on this very podcast, I can demonstrate that and let TalkBack talk while I'm dictating something or stop talking and let TalkBack talk. And you'll see that what TalkBack is saying is not going to be part of that dictation. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think it just happens um, occasionally on my phone and... I'm not sure why. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but it has uh, happened to, to me. Retain, and... Time to retrain that assistant or totally uh. delete that voice model altogether. <laughs> and, well, and is there a way so. to end dictation, Warren, now the double tap's gone? Is there a the surefire way? The way to end way? dictation uh, yeah. is, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a pen. Because um, after you, you tap on that voice input, then it changes into uh, a different label. And it's always yes. at that same spot. You have to find and it right unlabeled. above that letter P. Well, mm -hmm. it is labeled. It will say something like zero, whatever, something like that. It's, it's, on, it's, on my it's phone, not, it's not labeled, but that's okay. Oh, on your phone, it's not labeled? That's no. odd. You have the same pixel that I have. You know, so might have surprised. identifiers turned on, maybe. You know, the label buttons <laughs> uh, if they're could, not labeled. Uh, Carrie, could you try opting into maybe uh, uh, the beta channel of Gboard? Maybe that would help you a little bit. I don't know uh, um, whether you have the subscription or you, you know, you kind of. I mean, I, one way that I have gotten around um, this now is I actually use the, and, and it's a pain, um, I use the, what is it called? The speech recognition and just say type 
and then say what I want to type. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of different ways. Like people have told me you can just uh, um, do the back gesture and it should stop it. And or you can press a letter and then just delete it. <laughs> I mean, there's other ways around it, but I do like the. No. I don't understand why the Google, way used Google, to be better. Sh Google yeah. should just go back to the old way or use the double tap for dictation, just like, you know, iOS or find another solution that works just as well. Either way. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I'm in agreement with you because it used to work so beautifully. And someone thought we were having too much fun. You guys are having too much fun. I'm going to make it a little bit difficult for you guys. to voice dictation. <laughs> and, and that's not cool. It's not cool. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, but I mean, you know, there's there's going to be bugs like that on on any operating system, like even an iPhone, there's things that they don't fix for a very long time as well. So, you know, we're just going on about this specific thing. But mm, I think that it there's a lot of things that happen on any operating system, whether it's a phone or a computer. Um. But I do want to talk a little bit about um, what, besides like removing accessibility from the table, what is it that you guys like about Android? I like its flexibility. Um, I like the fact that you know you can you can customize much more about it. You can you can install apps more akin to uh, the way you can do it on a Windows or a Mac, you know, side loading uh, has, uh, you know, a bit of a bit of hysteria attached to it. I think obviously you need to be careful from where you do that. Um, mm. You shouldn't, you shouldn't install, uh, you know, dodgy apps from dodgy sources, but uh, you know, if, if you've ever installed JAWS or NVDA on Windows, you've side loaded, right? So, you know, the fact you can do that, I think it, I think is a good thing. That's true, Ed, because for instance, I always say, you know, there was an app, a Bible app that I was after, and it wasn't available in my region. So my friend in the UK extracted the APK, sent me that APK, and now I have that Bible app. So that's one of the things that actually you can get me to change from, you know, Android, because I like that capability of being able to get something that is not natively available in my region but is available in a friend's region and that friend would just simply give me that apk i like that about android yeah. mm -hmm. i have to say it's a lot easier to get an apple um app store account in a different region than it is to get a google play store account though uh, aside from that but at least uh, android gives you that um uh, ability to to install stuff you, you you can you can customize much more of the phone i think i like the fact that different apps can take advantage of other apps on your phone. So, you know, if I have one speech engine on a phone, multiple apps can use it, you know, things like that. There's a lot more, there's a lot more integration that you can achieve between the different apps. And obviously th there are good reasons why, um, you know, I, I, iOS doesn't do that. I, I, I think I, I value that, that, that flexibility and ability to, to, to give yourself a more integrated experience between different stuff you might have on your phone. I like the customization of Android. And if someone like have, brings an Android phone, which comes, which comes with an OS or a skin, which is not accessible, they can just uh, 
uninstall that android and install a custom rom now granted it's very technical and difficult but definitely you can replace the version of android on your phone and you can upgrade you can also get a new android version sometimes if you have a very old phone so i like the customization i like the 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 amount of hardware that is available for android not like apple just four five devices there are like hundreds of devices to choose yes and again just the hardware the ability to have um an sd card if you want uh, a microphone or a headphone jack if you want like on a specific device or or having the ability this is one of the things that i really value is being able to plug it into my pc and easily browse files I don't know yeah, how it is on point. iPhone, if it has changed, but last time that I tried with an Apple device, you have to go through iTunes, and <laughs> that is just the pain. <laughs> yeah, they have third-party utilities. I think Walter is one that will, will do it more easily on the mm. Apple side. But, yeah, the fact you can have it come up as a drive, you put stuff in, and guess what? That stuff's where you meant it to be when you mm-hmm. unplug it again is, is a good thing. You yes. can't ask for anything better than that. It's just like plugging in my USB thumb drive. It's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes. You just, you know, just have a little adapter for just a regular USB drive and plug it in there. And it you can use a file explorer, a regular file explorer, you know, that you have on the computer or anything and, and easily transfer whatever you want. And you you have more control about where they go. Where do these files go, those folders, and where are they on, on the drive, unlike, unlike um, on Apple devices? I always say if you can use your Windows computer, you know, you can use Android because mm-hmm. think of it like the same experience. It's absolutely just about the same thing. You manu- um, you. I can't even say the word. You maneuver, <laughs> you know, your folders, uh, structure, and files just the same as you would on your Windows. So if you know how to use your Windows Explorer, you'll be at home using an Android device. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, one of my last questions is, what do you wish, um, how do you wish Android could improve? Android uh, accessibility, anything that falls under Android. Two massive things for me. Um, Braille is one, which won't come as any surprise. I mean, Braille on iOS <laughs> is pretty atrocious. So for Android to be worse really is <laughs> saying something like Google Braille back. So, really so I'm not a Braille call. user, and I'm, I'm sure not everybody is. So could you share, like, what, what is it that's frustrating on iOS and what's worse on Android? Well, the, the text input on iOS gets really quirky. Um, uh, you know, the cursor can jump. It can do it can do many other odd things. The translations are a bit flaky, particularly if you're putting in, if you need to go and correct a letter at the end of a word, it can do strange things. Um, I think it's been broken for a couple of iOS versions. Android, it's, you know, it's, it, to me, it's significantly worse. The main problem is if you're reading a document, like if you're reading a Kindle book, you have to touch the screen to get the page to advance. Um, there are meant, there are reputed to be some Braille displays where that doesn't happen. If that is the case, then you know someone needs to fix it uh, to to get it to work on all displays. The big thing for me, though, from a non-accessibility perspective, and I don't know if this can ever be fixed really, just because of how Android is, you know, the, the vision Google has for it, is updates. 
So a, a new version of Android comes out, and I can't get it until my manufacturer has done a custom ROM, which it might not bother doing. Maybe my carrier's in the mix. Um, Austin says, you know, if, if someone else has produced a version of it, you can what's called ROM your device. But, you know, on a Windows PC, Microsoft will release an update. Maybe it won't get to my device straight away, but even if it doesn't, I can force that update, um, you know, unless you're on a Pixel device or an Android One device, um, you're kind of left hanging until your manufacturer chooses to do something about it. So that's the, that's the software mag, uh, fragmentation. Maybe maybe there's nothing that can ever happen about that. But for me, it's a bit of a bit of a drag. Now, tagging on what Ed has just said, I'd always said, you know, in as much as I don't care about Apple, there's one thing they got right, and that is that OS update. It's like clockwork, and when they do it, everybody gets it. Mm -hmm. Now, even yeah. with the Pixel phones coming from Google, you may, I may get mine today, and Ed may not get his till maybe sometime next week or something crazy like that. Really? Now, that should not be at all. And and that's been one of the issues that I've been kind of pounding or giving Android a black eye on because of this particular reason. <laughs> and uh, that would be one of my uh, <laughs> uh, pet peeves with uh, Android when it comes to OS update. However, uh, those there's uh, kind of like getting better because now we have a three-year update uh, and Samsung is like uh, promising like four-year update. And I think uh, mm. a couple of days ago, another one, uh, Realme also is going to be doing like a three-year update. But still, when it comes to accessibility issues, the Braille back, uh, Braille is such a huge uh, part on Android that is not very good, like Ed has said, and has to do with that um, uh, display support, you know, Braille display support where you can read a book without having to touch your screen when you come to an end of a page. And that is not quite good right now. It's one of the drawbacks on Android. But I would have to say that I like the Braille keyboard, the TalkBack Braille keyboard. It works very well. Now, for me, the things that must improve on Android is the updates. That is a big thing. And although Google has launched Project Treble and manufacturers are coming with Project Treble devices, that is devices with dual partitioning systems, so it becomes very easy to update. But, you know, the, the fragmentation of software is so much. Realme does their skins. OnePlus uses OxygenOS. Xiaomi uses MIUI. It takes time to then, uh, as new version of Android comes out, it takes time to design the skin or the OS for that new version and add features. And then on top of that, there is a carrier lock. If you have a carrier lock device, then your carrier has a hand in the update. So the, it's like very fragmented. That yeah. thing should improve on Android. Yeah. Yannick, and, and what's, Yannick? Your, what's your, your pet peeve? <laughs> <laughs> Yannick had to disappear. It's odd you say oh. pet peeve because he had a pet emergency, so he's posted in private chat. But, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. It was an un totally unintended pun. That was, that was genius if you haven't read the chat. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> that is, that is, that is, well, I could not agree yeah, more that's a 60 about yard the touchdown, up is that? Uh, I'm sorry, Ed, go ahead. 
No, it's fine. I was finishing the joke on uh, oh. Warren's pun. <laughs> but um, I would definitely agree with the updates. Um, yes, they are improving it on the Android side, but I think that iPhones and iOS devices definitely just have more longevity. Um, there's people that are still using like iPhone 6 iPhone 7 and 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 it still works and it's still fine maybe they had to change the battery but a lot of the time I feel like the Android devices the, the longer that you use them for they, they they don't have a very good uh, value after a couple years first of all and also mm, they, they get slower and I don't know what it is uh, I don't know if the manufacturers do that and I mean Apple, iPhones do that too but to the point that I feel sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm just going to throw this out. <laughs> and I, I want to have, especially on the Pixel, just as many updates as the iPhone has. Why can they not do that? I mean, that's not fair. <laughs> I yeah, wish I mean, that Google would do that. <laughs> it's been five years of standard, hasn't it? You know, yes. five years updates. Normally, I think there's one model that might not have got it, but but they're back to five. But, um, but why Google should match that? I'm sorry. At least yeah. with the Pixel phone, they should have five years. Yes, Google <laughs> should carry, and I'm there with you because look at my Pixel <laughs> two sitting there in the drawer. And cannot get any, any more mm -hmm. of the uh, yes. security patches and, you know, stuck on Android 11. That thing came out in 2017. There's absolutely no reason why that Pixel uh, phone shouldn't get Android 12. It's a very capable device, uh, better than a lot of even 2019 or 2020 uh, phones out there in some quarters and so there's absolutely no reason why such a great phone mm -hmm. wouldn't get android 12 but it's google it's all about moolah that's what i call it and then of course you throw qualcomm into the mix and qualcomm mm. is another big um white elephant in the room that we probably have to do another uh, show on i think they're the ones <laughs> that are holding us back from getting those things and but then again we have those uh, uh roaming communities and uh, you could even have um Android 11 on a phone from 2011. You, you can't even do better than that. Not even iOS can touch that. The Galaxy S2, which yeah. is 10 years old, has got Android 11. Yeah. But that's mm -hmm. that's the other issue with fragmentation, you see, because yeah. um, there are so many phones. Your phone might never see a ROM in a ROMing community because it's one of the really obscure, you know, one of the 350 billion phones Samsung released in 2019, and no one's bothered ROMing for it because, like, no one cares, <laughs> right? It's yet another phone from Samsung. Um, so, so yes, as long as it was a popular phone to start with, like, custom ROMs are a good thing, but... It's like phone cases, you know, your phone might never see a ROM. Well, actually, though, there are a lot of uh, no-name phones out there that are getting these custom ROMs, and it's, mm. it's a wonder to see such uh, things happening with even phones that are no-name phones out there. So it's just a matter of knowing where to look to find it, and um, that's a blessing in, in disguise. As somebody, okay, so... In my community or in my family, um, people see me as somebody who knows technology. But um, it, honestly, I'm just, I see myself as just about average and probably below uh, a lot of people. <laughs> like you guys, you're talking about ROMs and all this. And I'm just like, um, I don't even want to do that because I know that I'll break my phone. <laughs> it's just not, it's just not. Um, I actually 
did that, I did try to follow these steps um, and rom my, or, or root, it wasn't even roming, it was just rooting my um, old tablet. It was a Samsung Note 10.1 2014 edition. And I mean, I had enough trouble doing that. And so <laughs> I can't imagine like having to ROM it and like you have to pick a specific ROM and you have to go through the community and like, uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll leave that to Austin. <laughs> yeah, and you don't, have, you don't have to root your device, you know, to ROM it, you know, some devices. And the only reason why people would like to root their device is because they want to overclock it or they want to have every access to it and remove uh, certain components or certain uh, software that they don't want on that device. And that would be where rooting would come in. Or else, if all one wants to do is to get a new OS, you don't have to root a device in order to be able to get that new OS on that old device. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Um, I just think that Android is definitely a great operating system and it, it's something I think that, you know, you never know if you're going to like it or not if you don't try it, I think, and if you don't give it a chance. And I have seen um, people, like they have made YouTube videos about how oh, what happened when I switched from my iOS device to an Android device uh, for a week or a month or something. And the thing is that there's a lot of things that you can't learn in one week. You're not going to get used to in one week, especially if you're coming from iOS. So, I mean, my husband, he actually used an iPhone since, since what, I think the iPhone 4? And uh, he, he tried out the Pixel. And I mean, it took a while to adjust to, um, to Android. And, you know, it, I think it's definitely, it has a learning curve. And, um, you know, I think that definitely, again, as we've all talked about, Android has gotten so much better over the years. And I have hope and uh, that it will continue to do so. So did you guys have any other last comments about Android or anything that we've talked about so far? I mean, I think that last point you've made is such a good one because you get it a lot. And, you know, oh, look, I've been using this device for ages and see what I made of this new one after three days. Like, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't ask Warren Austin or I to demonstrate an iOS device where we switch, you should look on Apple bits. <laughs> and similarly, uh, you know, someone who's a long-time Apple user, if they post a YouTube video going, this is what I make of Android after a day and a half, after my 15 years on iOS. <laughs> well, it's not been out for 15 years, it's been out for 40. You shouldn't care. Like, go go to go, go, go to a source where the, the user is competent to use whatever the device is that you're, you're demonstrating. I mean, for me, mm -hmm. I don't just want Android to continue making steps. I want I want Apple to continue making steps because yes. I think we need we need the best access across the most number of devices possible. And then you know, there's a guy in the the, the, the UK who, who's an active Android user and a, a dealer uh, of access technology, Steve Nutt, and he describes the choice now as a lifestyle one, not an accessibility one. And I think that's right. You know, it's um, for, for speech users anyway. It is it is a, it is a lifestyle choice, not an accessibility one. But I want every manufacturer mm -hmm. to put the most accessibility they can into their products, whether I use them or not. Absolutely. And I think that having multiple platforms and multiple screen readers and multiple options actually pushes the companies to do better. 
I mean, that's what competition does, right? It sure does. And I can't, for example, I'm a Windows user. And every time I try the Mac, I just can't make heads or tails out of it. So there's no way under heaven that I will go on there even for six months and say, hey, you know, here's my review on on the Mac. And, you know, this is what I don't like and all of that. I can't see me doing that because I'm so used to my old ways of using my Windows, which is just like a second nature kind of thing. And then also when it comes to that choice, like uh, Ed just talked about, Android is available everywhere in the world and things like that so the better it gets the better support uh, it gets the better uh, accessibility it is for people around the world most especially people blind people around the world that uh, don't have the money to buy an iPhone so nowadays as we're getting better and better with Android uh, like Steve to text uh, to text Steve's uh, saying here is it's a lifestyle choice versus accessibility. They are on par with each other when it comes to accessibility. So I'm, I'm glad to see the direction that Android has reached. Austin, yes. any comments? I also, I also agree with everyone that uh, it's best. And another thing that is best is, and both should improve. And Android should improve, Apple should improve because we can have competition and we can have nice debates, you know, which one to select. And it's more of a personal choice, but I would like uh, people to at least try out Android for a month or three months or something and see how it is for them. Mm -hmm. And and definitely find people who know and use Android for for, as their daily driver. And don't just ask, you know, random people about um, Android uh, when you do try it. Now I want to go a little bit into the live chat here. We've we haven't really um, been talking to the people here. Thanks everybody for all your comments. Um, and really quick, Adam um, is asking, what operating system is the BlackBerry? What does the BlackBerry use? Do you guys know? They're on the Android these days, aren't they? Yeah, the BlackBerry. Uh, if you're getting an older BlackBerry, though, um, it is not running on. Android, but as of 2015, BlackBerry jumped into Android with their very first Black uh, Android device called the BlackBerry Priv, P-R-I-V, and of course they stopped making Android devices uh, in I think it was 2018 uh, with the Key 2, I believe. So, but there are like four or six um, BlackBerry Android-powered devices out there, and. If you're a keyboard lover, the Priv is one, the Key uh, one and Key 2 are other ones that you could try. All those have uh, physical key uh, support. Mm-hmm. And if anybody has any questions for Warren, Austin, and Ed, or for me, leave that uh, in the chat. Um, and if we missed a question, also um, maybe type it up again and then send it to, uh, on the live chat again so that we'll definitely... Um, able to take a look at it um here lance says it always seems as if ios users are always swiping but when using android you can explore by touch 70 percent of the time and just swipe to move your screen or change elements this is a complete myth folks um 
I didn't swipe on iOS. I explored by touch. Um, I can swipe on Android. I can also explore by touch. I think that you can what, do both. Yes, you can. Both. You can do both on both devices. Mm -hmm. One does not lend itself to one more than the other. What What you tend to find is that people who either don't care about a screen visualization or who are newer to a device will swipe. People who want to be more efficient who have a rough idea or who have a rough idea of where things are will explore by touch but one that one does not lend itself to one mm -hmm. approach more than the other yes i have always argued that you know if you really want to enjoy your device you need to use a combination of both but what has happened is that most of the people that work uh, or you know use ios devices or even android a lot of people coming from that tradition and that probably goes back to the old days you know how it used to be probably it wasn't all that very accessible and the only way to do it is to uh, swipe or they call it the flick on on ios and a lot of people got trapped in that and not realizing that they could just put their finger and move around and explore things like we do on Android. So it is good that people should use both. I've always said if you don't use that explore and all you're doing is swiping, you may miss some contextual uh, part of what you're trying to read and it's not good. So uh, there are times yeah. that you have to use both uh, some apps you can get to certain things without swiping and some apps if you do swipe you're going to skip over things most especially if you're on a buying uh, shopping uh, page mm -hmm. or something you want to read all those little fine prints don't be swiping yes and Ray says I, I think the other think thing as well oh, go ahead go ahead Ed Sorry, Carrie. Just on scrolling, I, th I think uh, Len, Len mentioned um, the only reason you, um, you know, you might you might flick between screens. That is different on iOS and Android, and and what you prefer uh, might vary. So so iOS, if you do a three finger swipe up, w will not move. You know, it'll move in very carefully staged increments. If you're mm -hmm. in Android and you're in a list and you do a two finger swipe up, you're going to jump down that list really quickly. It's much more sensitive. So you might find yourself getting lost or you might find it much more efficient. So, so they do scroll differently. Yeah, I think that, you know, you could do things differently because they're on, on TalkBack, there's also the scroll next or scroll forward as well, similar to the three finger yeah. swipe up. But m most people find it more efficient to do the two finger scrolling gesture. Um, but the the only thing with TalkBack, I will say, uh, because I think part of the problem is because I'm a low vision user and I have my font and my display size cranked up as pretty much as high as it will go. Sometimes there are certain apps with TalkBack that you have to swipe to the right multiple times because it's scrolling and it instead of going to right next to the next um, element, it will actually like scroll down the screen. Um, but I think that has to do with the fact that like there's so little on my screen because there's um, the text is so large. Um, so I don't know, as a predominantly like screen reader users, have you guys noticed that if you swipe, sometimes it'll scroll instead of going to the next element, uh, next no, item? Carrie, I think probably that could be owed to the fact that you're using magnification. As, as someone who doesn't use magnification, I can't say for <laughs> sure. But see, here's what I like on Android, for example. Now, if I want... I'm. If I'm in a list and I want to scroll up or scroll down, 
I don't have to just swipe with two fingers, but I put those two fingers down and slowly move it up if I want to not scroll, you know, in big chunks mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I like that. And with my um, iOS device, I uh, maybe yeah. because I'm the user do who doesn't know, I, I can do that. I just have to swipe up with three fingers to move, but I can like swipe just, you know, slowly on my Android device when I'm at the end of a list and, you know, just go to the next one there. But the swiping left or right uh, doesn't change, um, doesn't do what you are talking, you know, for me. I will say that as as a low vision user, when you're using iOS and you're doing the three fingers flick up and down, it's... Because there, it's not a smooth scrolling like on Android. It's yeah. like, okay, where am I? Where am I? On the top of the screen? On the bottom of the screen? Okay, like with, with voiceover, it, it, it could be easier. But as a low vision user, it's like, okay, I, I don't know. It, it scrolled up the whole screen. And now I don't know where I'm supposed to be at. <laughs> so that's something that I get frustrated about with iOS. Um, but Ray asked, says that I do not think Android will ever have tight regulations like Apple does, unfortunately. So I'm not sure what he's talking about regulations. Well, I think that uh, that's a misnomer because um, you can't say that, you know, Google just came out like uh, last week. Actually, um, if you're an app developer, there are certain criteria that you have to meet and that is going to come into fruition as of next year they're giving developers a little bit of a leeway here your app has to specify on the play store as to what it collects and what it doesn't collect and google is going to be very firm on that i think there are like five things that google has laid out i i think i posted that on our tweet um uh, a few days ago so you can say that uh, google is taking um, all that very seriously yeah. and that's that, yeah. that's a sort of political viewpoint thing yeah. as well isn't it it's yeah. like, <laughs> did you want your device tightly regulated i kind of don't yeah. so no, well, I don't good. good good is my answer uh ray, ray obviously does which is uh which is absolutely respectable opinion but no and, and i don't think apple would want its uh device regulated either no one would want that and you know there are rumors now saying that on the latest Apple iOS released, because of Apple's so strict privacy and uh, privacy, they're not allowing apps to collect data. People using Facebook and Instagram are getting notifications that if you don't give us your data, we will have to. I mean, we are going to charge you. That this is rumors. I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, uh, I mean, that's a bad. whole nother, that would be bad. Whole nother <laughs> podcast there or stream. Um, Lance says 90% of a three and four finger gestures are adding a finger to existing gestures and makes it more cumbersome, not as mobile or easy to use with one hand while carrying it. So I will say that like TalkBack, they have a lot of gestures that are single handed so you can use it with just one finger like the back and forth gestures and the angle gestures but and this used to be pretty true with the three and four finger gestures uh, or just in general if you add another finger it will um register it as if you 
as like the regular gesture, just adding another finger when you're using talkback. But with the new multi-finger gestures, you can customize all those gestures to have different actions that um, talkback allows you to, like pausing and playing media or changing the to Braille keyboard, input changing language, and you know all, all these other um, actions that you can assign to it. So I don't know that that is uh, as relevant as um, for, for the new talkback versions. Um, though I do know people who don't prefer the multi-finger gestures and they want to be able to use it one-handed. So I think it's good that, you know, both are available. I think that's I right. Think... I mean, the, po the point of multi-finger gestures is obviously you can have more gestures. Like you can do more stuff without needing to go into menus. That's the, mm -hmm. that's the advantage of them. Obviously there are trade-offs with that can all devices have them um you know can you perform them as discreetly and easily one-handed as you could a single finger gesture sorry warren you're going to come in yeah well i was just going to say that i actually see where ray is coming from because what that does is that you have to use both hands when you're using your device and so i totally understand where he's coming from uh, however now in android 12 we have that uh, one-handed mode and I think they borrowed that from Samsung, and it's a truly cool uh, feature. I can't wait for people to get a hold of that. I really like that on my uh, Android 12 device, and um, looking forward to people getting that. So, but yes, it could be. I don't like all these uh, your four fingers. Now, what's the next thing? Five fingers and put a couple toes on it. What's going on? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, I don't know why they don't have the five finger gestures, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, if you can, if you can do it, if you can do it with toes, though, that will be a feat of engineering. No, no, come no, on, no, Carrie. No. Don't put your stinky Five feet fingers. on. Don't phones. even go there. No. Well, I don't see why not. You can use five fingers. I'm telling you, I the four fingers that I use uh, on Talkback mm -hmm. currently is to uh, mute and unmute Talkback. And uh, even that, I wish I could use uh, two fingers in either quadruple tapping or you know whatever. But, but what, what I is don't your, like the four what, what, Why? Why not? This is this is my question. Why not? What's wrong with because, the four fingers? Well, you know, with some screens are not quite as big, and some screens. Uh, you Wait, know, the thing, kind of thing is, is, with these gestures, they don't. You don't have to have your four fingers horizontal on the screen. You can have them vertical and vertical, move up. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. Oh my Turn God. your wrist. Turn your wrist and run them the length of the phone rather than going across. You <laughs> well, have more real estate that way. Yeah, that's what I do. Well. Diagonally too. So. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I do. So, but see, that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to be, you know, flipping my my phone around like a duck, you know. Oh, no, <laughs> you your hand. Angle your, angle your wrist. <laughs> angle your wrist slightly. It's fine. You don't have to turn the phone. Oh my gosh, you guys are so funny. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, I, if anybody has any last minute questions, um, we can definitely um, go over that. Um, are you guys in the chat at all? Have you guys seen any questions here? Uh, Ed, you are you are the one monitoring that. I wasn't okay. monitoring the chat. That's shame on me. Um. It's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it's this is I'm one of the things. Like I always say, that it's it's a struggle for me to to do the live chat. And I I know like 
larger YouTubers, they have an extra person, even if they're sighted, because it's hard to keep track of the live chat and talk at the same time. <laughs> and then when you when you put in a screen reader into it, it's like, okay, you, you have to listen to two things at the same time. And that's, that's just really hard. But let's see, let's scroll to the bottom of the chat. Um, oh, there's Wolfsy and, um, and Harshid says, great stream. Thank you. Ed, you good. Somebody says, Ed, you good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think that um, we have definitely had a really fun and it was such a pleasure to have all of you guys on. Um, and if you're watching this, definitely check out the Blind Android Users podcast. All the links are down in the description to find their podcast um, and um, their YouTube channel. And you can also ask your your podcast uh, app of choice to play Blind Android Users podcast or even ask your smart speaker to do that as well. Thank you so much, Warren, Austin, Ed, and Avianic too for stopping by earlier. And just thank you for this awesome conversation about all things Android. Um, could you share more of your social media besides YouTube? I know you guys have, what is it, a Twitter? What is, could you t say how uh, people can get in Austin, touch? Austin, you want to do that? <laughs> Yeah, so if people want to find us, they can obviously visit our website that is blindandroidusers.com and our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. They can also join our Telegram group. The link, we'll put it in the show notes if you can. Let's see. Or you can find the information on our website. They can find, they can join our mailing list. And if you want to buy a new Android device or you have questions on Android, you can ask us in a mailing list and in the telegram group to join the mailing list you can send a blank email to blind android users plus subscribe at groups.io you can follow us on twitter that is blind droid users and uh, that is it for our social media and uh, subscribe to our youtube channel and also turn on <coughs> the notification so that when new videos are released which should be tomorrow you'll get a lot of notifications awesome well thank you to everybody who came and watched the live stream thanks again for all of you wonderful people joining me on here and um we'll i'll see you in the next video and that is the end of the fourth episode of the love accessible podcast thank you so much for listening and i hope to catch you in the next podcast episode